and I've got a couple of bumps and bruises, and I'm letting you know that Jesus is better. But if you've been here for a while, not only is Jesus better, Jesus is on a mission, and he's not satisfied to be on that mission alone. He wants you to join him. My prayer is that throughout these three weeks, that you would join him, that you would be one of his zealots, and that many people would rejoice in Christ because of you. So we're going to look at a text, and it's our tradition that we would stand at the reading of God's word. And it's an interesting text. I'll tell you all about it after we read it. Let's read it together. On the count of three. One, two, three. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. This is God's word. Yeah, yeah. Have a seat. So let's look at this first verse. We have to, we have to get into this and we have to go. It's, it's wonderful. As Jesus was getting into the boat, stop. Why is Jesus getting into the boat? Well, Jesus had come to this part of town. He sailed in. And what he did is he found a guy who was demon-possessed. Now, I know if you're new and, you know, you, you go, oh, really? Oh, good night. You believe in demons? Okay, what I want you to do is suspend that thought for a second because you're going to benefit from learning, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't believe in demons. But just in case you don't know, um, I'm, um, I'm, not, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but, but I'm pretty reasonable and, and I believe in demons. And you go, oh, good night. I can't even listen to you after you just said that, right? I get it. Me too. You know, like, I, I know what it's like to come to church for the first time. I didn't believe in demons either. Here's the point. I dare you. I dare you to explain some of the evils in the world without a devil. I won't go two years ago. I'll go two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, a group of boys told a little boy, nine years old, come here and shot his face off. And the reason was because his father was in a gang. You explain that without a devil. But forget two weeks ago, two days ago. A group of people thought that it was a good idea to blow up and murder people to the tune of over a hundred people. You explain these things. And you go, oh, no, no, no. There are sociological reasons for that. Think about this. Think about this. They thought it was a good idea. How does that happen? I'm telling you, there are demonic forces that make people believe that right is wrong, that up is down, that left is right. 
There are demonic forces that make people think that a horrible idea is a great idea. Well, this person was demon-possessed, and Jesus came in and prayed and healed him. It was amazing. So Jesus comes in and heals him, and as Jesus gets on the boat to leave because his job is done, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Now, this makes sense. Because after Jesus has done such a great thing, it makes sense to want to go and pursue Jesus, right? In fact, isn't this what we've all done? The difference between what he's asking and what we've done is this. He was asking to go around and be like one of the 12. This phrase, go with him, is a phrase that Mark used two chapters before. Jesus asking them, go with me. And so Mark is trying to make a connection that he wants to be a part of the 12. And Jesus, who, who understands, he goes, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Nope, got my 12. Sorry. <laughs> you can't be. But there's a good lesson here. Let me tell you what the lesson is. Many of us think that we have to become a professional in order to be effective for the cause of Christ. Many of us think we have to become a pastor, a uh, pastor. Uh, uh, a lay, you know, we have, to, we have to become a bishop or a pastor or a priest or something of a professional before we can be used by God. And Jesus goes, no, you don't have to be the professional. And he gives him instruction that is brilliant. He says this in verse 19. Jesus did not let him. And at first you go, hey, that's not okay. But you understand, um, as we just said. But said to him, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Okay, so that's where we're going to spend most of our time, and I want you to tune in. Jesus gives instruction to, these, to this man that is powerful. And Jesus gives instruction because he knows what's going to happen next. Now, does anybody here know what's going to happen in Mark chapter 7? Anybody? Jesus does. Jesus knows what's going to happen in the next few chapters in your life. And so what he does is he equips you and he sends you to do that which he knows is going to happen. So he tells this man, he says, go back home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Beloved, this is an example we all can follow. Jesus is telling this man, listen, I don't want you to give them a big, long uh, discourse. I don't want you to have the Bible memorized. I don't want you to have to figure out all the answers. What I want you to do is go and tell them what Jesus has done for you. Let me ask you something. Is there anybody here who Jesus has done something for? Uh, yeah, there's like, right, yeah, maybe four or five of us, right? Yeah, a few of us, right? Yeah, the whole room, right? Yeah, yeah, Jesus has done amazing things. And this is all that Jesus is doing. He's saying, go tell them that. Go to your house. Go to your school. Go to your gym. Go to your meeting. Go to your, go to your friends. Go to your family. We have parties lined up, right? Isn't it true, right? It's going to be Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. You're going to be going to parties. Go tell them. 
And you go, now some of you go, hey, I push back, hey, you know, meetings, you know, we don't bring this, this or that up. I'm not saying that you do it in the meeting, but I'm saying that you can invite the person out for coffee. And what we're describing today would break none of your traditions. Not one of them. What I'm suggesting that you do today, every, it's an all skate. Everybody can get in. Everybody can walk in on what we're doing today. He says to the man, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so here's what the man did. This is crazy. So the man away, the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. That's incredible. Because the man goes back, he hears Jesus, and he tells them, this, you have no, and, and they look at him, and they, you know, could you imagine how people's reaction to this man was? Yeah. Right? He's going up to him, and right, he's going, hey, 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 hey. It was like, oh my gosh, there's that crazy guy. Right? Because remember, he was demon-possessed, and he was crazy, and he was acting insane. And if you just read a few verses before this, this guy was breaking chains off of himself. He was like, have you ever seen somebody like crazy with super, superhuman strength? Right. Have you ever been somebody who was crazy with superhuman strength? Right, yeah. It's like crazy. Amazing. And so, he's, 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 these people have not seen this man in his right mind for only God knows how long. And he's going back, and he's going, guys, guys, and they're running away. He goes, no, 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 don't run, really, really, it's okay. It's okay. And they're looking at him, whoa, whoa, whoa. he's making sense now, what's going on? And they're listening to him. And he, listen, he was the crazy guy of the community. And he had no education to speak of. All he had was a story to tell. A story to tell that you couldn't keep him shut about. A story to tell that nobody could contradict. A story to tell that no one could argue. He had that story and he told it. Now, let me tell you what happens in the end of the story. Two chapters later, in the end of chapter 7, you don't have to go there. I'll tell you what happens. There's a person, in fact, I'll go there. Um, and what you see is something miraculous. Because what he does, what happens because of his testimony, is something that we can all bless God about, and grow. In the end of chapter 7, I just want to give you the right spot so that you could look. Uh, towards the end of chapter 7, or towards the beginning of uh, chapter 8, Jesus goes back to that same region, and he feeds. In the beginning of chapter 8, he feeds 4,000 people. Does anybody know why 4,000 people in that region would come to hear Jesus, an unknown evangelist? Does anybody know? Because this guy told his story. But on his way to feeding them in the end of chapter 7, this is amazing. Um, in the end of chapter 7, uh, Jesus, there's a deaf-mute guy, and his friends bring this deaf-mute guy, and Jesus 
opens up his ears. And he gives him, he loosens his tongue. Does anybody know why anybody in the world would bring their deaf, mute friend to see Jesus? Because if Jesus could do this with the crazy guy, maybe, just maybe, and what Jesus is telling us, and I, I, right now, listen, I don't care if you were thinking about what clothes you're going to wear or how you're gonna, what you're going to eat afterwards. I need you to plug in right now because what we're going to say right now is really, really important. Listen to me. Listen to me. No miracle gets done on this guy's ears. No loosening of his tongue. Can you imagine that guy singing, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. In awe of the one who gave it. Could you imagine hearing that guy's voice? That doesn't happen if somebody doesn't tell their story. Can you imagine the 4,000 sinning going, gosh, we're getting hungry, what's going to happen? Well, it's the decapulous, and because this guy told all these people that told all these people that told all these people, 4,000 around, and a miracle that happens that is going to be eternally spoke about. 4,000 people get fed because one person tells their story. Here's the big idea today. Jesus wants us to tell just Tell your story. Just tell what Jesus has done for you. And so you go, oh man, I don't know. Listen, I'm going to tell you how to do this. This is, it's, I'm telling you, we're, we're starting in the kiddie pool. This is not hard. You go, I can't do it. At work, they don't let me. And you know, you, and, and, you know I know there's some objections here. And, and the first objection is, is that there are those who go, you know what? I simply don't mix my professional life with my faith. And you know, you can replace professional life with school, work, everything else in life. In other words, it's like Sunday lives in a bubble. Sunday 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. lives in a bubble. And it's like totally divorced from absolutely everything else in your life. And I totally get that. There's a lot of people who grew up thinking that you don't mix the rest of your life with your faith, right? And so let me just speak to you. If I was to ask you, well, then how are people supposed to know? Here's the response I get. They go, well, they'll know because of how I live. <laughs> and I don't, want you to, I don't want to tell you what I think of in my mind. But I go, oh, man, that's a, that's a country crock of bull because, because you don't live better than Jesus. And Jesus told people. In other words, you, I mean, think about that. Think about how crazy that is. But we do it all the time. He goes, no, 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 well, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't talk about Jesus. I just, I, just, I just let him see how I live. Think about how crazy that is. person comes up to you goes, you know what? There's something different about you. You know, that, that, it's amazing. You, you have integrity. There is a glow about you. You know, something's different. What, what is it? I'm not saying. <laughs> No, really. There, there's like, I mean, you know, I, 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 at one time you weren't like, you know, this joyous and now you have more pressure on you and you still have joy. I mean, you have tears, but you still have joy. And you go, what is the difference? He goes, figure it out. <laughs> Isn't that madness? We do it all the time. Do it all the time. Do it all the time. Jesus is saying, go tell them your story. So here's the easiest way to do it, okay? Um, we're gonna, I, I'm gonna, I, I try to figure out how to illustrate this. 
And I, the best way to illustrate this is uh, just hearing other people's story, right? And so we're going to have uh, three people come up, uh, and it's going to be an interview kind of thing. It's going to be about five minutes. But before, as they're coming up, what I want you to know this, you can do this. Imagine, listen, I'm going to give you ways to do this. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Tell people your story. You go, what do you mean? You mean like figure out a whole testimony to tell? No, not at all. Here's, here's how easy it is to tell your story. Are you watching me? Look at me. Don't worry. Pay no attention to the people walking in the background, okay? <laughs> all right. So now watch this. Listen. Here's how easy it is. You go to work. You go to work, and you notice your coworker has just uh, wiped a tear from her eyes. You go, Jenny, Jenny, what's wrong? And Jenny goes, it's Arthur. We're having fights. And, and it's, we, we had such a blowout yesterday, and he wants a divorce. Here's what sharing your story looks like. Simply going, hey, Jenny, I had real, real problems with my husband as well. And it was amazing how my church family came around us and how much that helped. And then don't say anything. Don't say another word. Now, if Jenny bites and says, really, you go to a church like that? You, you can feel for it. Don't get overexcited and go, yeah, Jesus died for your sins. Don't come to, you know, don't, don't go crazy. We're, we're starting slow. We're starting slow. Be easy. Just tell your story. Yeah, I, I go to this women's prayer group. And it's on Thursdays at Sunday. It's just a great group. And, and, and I told the girls, I, said, I, I told them, you know, I, I don't know. My Jimmy's going to leave me, and I don't know what to do. And they just prayed for me and with me. And I'm not saying everything is perfect with me and Jimmy, but they made the journey a little bit better. She goes, oh, my gosh, that sounds incredible. Hey, maybe one of these days I'll invite you. You'll come. Oh, Okay. And then you leave it at that. Why? Because we're just telling our story. We're starting at the ground level. It's as simple as, well, listen, I'm going to give you two more examples, and then we're going to hear them, and then I'm going to come back and close. Two more examples. At the gym, you get a shirt like this. These are pretty cool shirts, right? They're not bad. They're well designed. Right? Right? Sisters. Yeah. Um, okay. That's what my girls do when they wear the same clothes with somebody else. Um, back here, back here. So, you go to the gym. You have your Arhau shirt. That's it. You do your bench pressing, you do your running, you do whatever you do, but you have your shirt. Now, what we're doing is we're investing in more evangelism, so we're asking that you give $15 for the shirt for the length of the series. The church is not making any money. It's only going back to sharing the gospel better with others. So not only do you wear the shirt and share the gospel, your finances help to share the gospel as well. Isn't that good news? $15, not too bad for a shirt, right? Okay. That's another thing you can do. Another thing you can do is at, uh, a friend of yours at school says, I feel so stressed about, you know, man, finals are coming up, the term paper, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is happening. I go, I know. You know what really helps me? Um, I'm, 
I'm a Christian, and when I pray to Jesus, he gives me peace to be able to um, endure the kind of stress that we go through. Shut Don't say another word after that. Why? Why am I telling you not to say another? Because what, what are we saying? What's the big idea for today? Just tell your story. And nobody can argue with that. Like, nobody can argue and say, no, he doesn't give you peace when you pray. Like, Dude, I'm telling you. I talk to Jesus. How can you possibly argue with that? You can do this. And to illustrate that, we have the lovely Beth and the lovely Bill interviewed by the lovely Louisa. So would you give them a nice welcome? And... Hey, guys. All right, so we have Beth here and we have Bill here. And we're going to hear a little bit about their story. So, Beth, how do you know Bill? I know Bill through a 12-step program. So you met him at a 12-step program? Yes, we became friends through the 12-step program. Okay, so now you guys are friends, and how long have you known each other? I think between 10 or 12 years. 10 or 12 years. All right, so they've known each other 10 or 12 years through the 12-step fellowship. That's awesome. And so what happened in 2000, and I think it was 2012? 2012. So I was, looking, I was looking for a church. So I was at a 12-step program, and I had been searching. I needed to find a, a pastor who could move me, like Charles Stanley. And I was at a meeting, and this, uh, <laughs> and I was at a meeting, and I was uh, sharing about my trust in the Lord, and a girl came up to me and said, you need to go to the recovery house of worship. And I never had even heard of that, or had ever seen this woman at the meeting before. And so I did a little research, and you know, God planted her there to bring me here just by that share. And I ended up here and meeting three pastors that moved me, like Dr. Stanley. So very yeah. good. Yeah. Amen. So then how does Bill end up here? So Bill ends up here because of Hurricane Sandy. I had. Uh, done the volunteer work making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I had told Bill about the church and I said yeah they're looking for volunteers and so I guess I just planted that little seed and then he said I want to go and do some service so I told him come down to the church and look for Louisa and he did. <laughs> so when Hurricane Sandy happened so everybody knows not everybody was here what we decided to do was we decided to become a hub to help all of New York City. And so we decided to become a hub and help New York City in the midst of Pastor Edwin losing his home, I'm losing my home, but we're running operations here. So, Bill, you come to Recovery House Worship, Hurricane Sandy Relief, and what happens? Well, when I, uh, when I called, I, I spoke to Betsy, and I told her that I was looking to volunteer some time. And she said, uh, come on down, and I did on my day off. And um, once I got here, um, they put me to work right away. And uh, <laughs> I, I went upstairs, and I was folding clothes. And then I was um, making the peanut butter sandwiches, which I got really good at. And then, <laughs> I bet. And then I, uh, I ended up on a, on a, uh, a U-Haul truck, and I went out to Coney Island. And I was handing out food and clothing to people that really needed it. And um, it was really quite amazing. Um, after that, um, 
they, uh, I live in Bensonhurst, so from Coney Island, they dropped me off at home. But I had felt something during the day from the recovery house of worship, and uh, I knew that uh, I felt his spirit, and I would eventually come back here. Amen. And it happened to be the day when Bill came. We had 125 volunteers, no one from the church. It was 125 volunteers that just showed up that day, and Bill came in, and John was driving to Coney Island. <laughs> Jump on the truck. Okay, so then how did you get from helping us in Hurricane Sandy Relief to becoming an usher? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, 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 I think I just, I just realized that I wanted to do whatever I could because I felt like I was a part of this church. And that's why I became a member and got baptized. And um, there was something here that I knew that I wanted, I wanted more than ever. And that was the, the grace and glory of God uh, entered my life. All right. Beth is saying no. Here we go. Beth, tell us the real story of how he got here. God. Um, okay. So Pastor Gus asked me a couple years ago to come down here on New Year's, uh, the New Year's Eve service to give my testimony. So usually Bill and I go to friends in the 12-step program. She has karaoke and a big dinner. So I said, okay, we'll go there, but we have to leave. You're going to come with church to me because I'm going to give my testimony. And so he, I, did, I don't think Bill really knew what a testimony was. So I said, sort of like a qualification. I go, but with the Lord. So I brought Bill down here. I think Pastor Ray was leading the service. I don't know. I gave my testimony and we stayed for the service and, uh, we went back to the party, but then after that, oh, Bill said, oh, there's just something about our how. And I said, why don't you come to church with me? And then he started to come with me, and then the Lord, the seed was planted, and the Lord was working in his heart. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand. And it's all about just planting the seed. Where there's a need, meet the need. Yeah, now, before they go, before they go, how long was it from... The first invite to the Sandy thing to like you coming to that uh, first service? A couple of months, I guess, right? Yeah. No, it was New Year's Eve, November. Oh, so it was a few, yeah. Women are always correcting men. Isn't that true? It doesn't matter. Brother it's wonderful. Sister, it's wonderful. It's like brother and sister. I love that. Okay. No. So it's like two, two months. months. No, but you see that? Now watch this. What is she doing? She just simply telling her story. Oh, I'm going to be serving at this place. Would you like to come? No. Then, oh, I'm going to be sharing something. I'm going to be doing my share in front. Would you come? Anybody can do that. And it was months after that. Like the distance between that first invite. And it takes a long time. But watch this. We got to start somewhere. So now, here's the part of the testimony I don't want you to be worried about. Then I came to Christ, and now I'm serving Jesus, and I'm fully... Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I just want you at this point to say, yep, me too, and Jesus helped me. Let others know that Jesus is helping you, whether it's on Facebook, putting hashtag uh, uh, TFC, um, whether right, TFS, TFS, um, TFS, whatever it is, you can do this. Can I pray for you? Thank you, guys.
Father, we thank you today. We thank you that you are here with us and that you are for us. Lord, wherever we are, would you give us the courage to tell others about Jesus? Would you encourage us to let others know? Yeah. To let others know how good you are. So Father, help us. Help us to share the story. Tell our story. 